What's up everybody? It's Willie Guns here to tell you about Body Check Wellness. Go to the website www.bodycheckwellness.com and use our promo code Flyers Alley to get your premium hemp derived CBD oils, functional mushroom blends, organically grown in the USA. We use it in the alley, you should too. Stop living with pain and do something about it. Body check it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we are interviewing a Calder Cup champion, former flyer, former player, and coach of the Phantoms. Please welcome Riley Cote. Thanks for having me, guys. Not a doing, problem, man. Thanks for coming on. No problem. How's everything? Everything's slow. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> slow right now, but... We uh we had on last what was it Eric a couple weeks ago we had Frank Bialowis on. Oh yeah, he's a beauty. We did a pretty yeah he's a he's a yeah. real interesting dude. <laughs> he's he's cool. He, he let us in on a lot of cool uh, information that none of us knew about, obviously. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm a little older than than the rest of the guys in the group, so I kind of knew a little bit more about him. Okay. But uh yeah, he's an animal. That dude was the man when I was growing up. So he's from my hometown actually, Winnipeg. Uh, he's a little oh, old. Well. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's a legend for sure. <laughs> yeah, he explained to us how Winnipeg is very a very uh, rough town, actually. And uh, we were comparing it to, uh, he said that's kind of why he liked Philly a lot, because Philly was kind of a raw fish town, and uh, that's why the fans liked him so much. But uh, yeah. I had no idea that uh, Winnipeg was as bad as he was saying it was. <laughs> well parts of it like anywhere you know but uh yeah i know there's some rough spots just like i think uh most big cities you know winnipeg's nothing like uh philly but uh, uh you know yeah he's, he's a tough dude I, I think he moved away from home when he was uh, you know 20 years old he started playing pro so i don't think he's been back for a long time kind of like me i mean I mean, it's been about 17 years or so since i've been you know kind of residing in, in canada so it's He's, you know, I think ten years older than I am. So he's right. like himself. He's a hard worker, man. He he uh, he does some good work in his uh, in his landscaping and concrete business. I've actually had some work done uh, back when I lived in Jersey by him and his crew, and he did a good, really good job. So he's a, he's a hustler for sure. That's good to know because I just had a retaining wall fall, and I heard he does stuff like that. Oh yeah, he's really good. He's on it, man. He, he'll be there at four o'clock in the morning with his crew, and <laughs> he'll be out by noon. Yeah, no, he's good. Sure. Yeah, he's actually pretty close to where because we're from. Uh, well, me and Eric are from Delaware County originally, All right. and uh, now he's he's in Jersey now, right over the bridge. Yeah. So uh, he's pretty local. So uh, he is pretty cool to understand where he's coming from and everything. So he was a good dude to have on. He was he was awesome. Yeah, he's probably had some good stories, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah very interesting stories, trust me. <laughs> I bet. Um, yeah, if you don't mind get us getting into some questions, just uh, you had a pretty good uh, – you're a pretty um, distinguished guy. I don't know if a lot of people my age and Eric's age or whatever, you know, know that, uh, you know, you were undrafted after juniors. And uh, you kind of walked on to the Maple Leafs, uh, what was a training camp in 2002? Yeah. And uh, you got signed to a one-year contract and uh, were assigned to the River Kings, which you won a CHL championship. What was that like? 
Uh, yeah, it was interesting. Um, you know, it was the year that I uh, decided to leave juniors. I had the opportunity to to go pro. Um, you know, it wasn't an NHL contract like they like I you know say expected or or uh, you know tried to to achieve. But um, it landed up being with their their minor league team, it was the American Hockey League team, St. John's Maple Leaf. So. I had the opportunity to go back to junior as my overage, you know, 20 year old year or start my pro career. And, you know, I didn't obviously didn't want to start in the Central Hockey League. I knew that was their minor league team. So um, I kind of took a you know leap of faith and uh, decided to go pro instead of going back to junior and be a, kind of be a, a smaller fish in a big, big pond and try and find myself. And that's when I decided to start fighting and everything. So my first year was, in, you know, in uh, mainly in Memphis. Uh, for the Memphis River Kings in the Central Hockey League, but we were affiliated with the St. John's Maple Leafs. But I went to Toronto Maple Leafs camp that that year. Again, I was never drafted, so I just uh, you know took what I thought was the best opportunity, and you know that landed up being it that year. So it was an interesting year. I, you know, it was my first year of fighting. You know, as a as a fighter for you know for a for a job in that uh, department, and you know I think I fought like thirty five times or something that year. And, you know, everyone and their brother, you know, just look at the just look at the roster, the biggest guy, the most penalty minutes and just, uh, you know, there wasn't a shortage of fighters in that league at that time for sure. So it's good experience, I guess. You know, it wasn't somewhere I wanted to stay long term, obviously, but um, it served its purpose, won a championship that year. So good group of guys, good coach, uh, had a good experience for sure. Actually, and uh, to go on with that, uh, you were on the Syracuse crunch and uh you got injured during a scrimmage. Your eye got injured. What? Uh, and I was trying to research the hell out of it, and nothing would tell me what what exactly happened. Could you tell us what happened with that, or is that like a sensitive subject? Or oh no, I almost forget about it sometimes. Uh, so this was my second year pro. Now I had uh, I lined up going to camp in uh, in Columbus, and uh, I think it was the second day in the training camp. Uh, maybe maybe third because we're in like an inner squad kind of scrimmage and it was the first shift um i was on the ice in the corner like battling and, and there's like a third guy in there and they were just kind of like lifting each other's stick and then the one guy's stick just came up right in my eye and um it was like almost perfect where the end of the blade was like right on like right on point so like ugh, immediately my eye like swole up and i and i thought i mean i thought i was blind i was actually <laughs> i was actually screaming to the bench like i'm fucking blind like you know like, uh, <laughs> Um, and the, the trainer was like, calm down, blah, blah, blah. I had instantly swollen, swollen up, so I couldn't see. So that's immediately what I thought. But um, nonetheless, he, you know, he brings me back in the, in the medical room and, uh, you know, my eyes, like, no, you're not going back on the ice. So I had an eye doctor look at it and it was like a detached retina. So I ended up having two different oh eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, was, it ended up being pretty bad. Um, so I had a laser surgery, and then this other surgery. They went in and you know, trying to reattach it, and I still have some floaters, um, you know, that don't interfere with my life. But I, you know, in certain light, I can kind of see them, you know, buzzing around. Um, but yeah, so I landed up, you know, being on the shelf uh, in Columbus, and <laughs> yeah, so I missed the whole American Hockey League training camp and the whole bit. So I landed up getting sent from Columbus all the way to Dayton. In the East Coast Hockey League, I bypassed the American Hockey League because I kind of missed my opportunity. You know what I mean? I miss miss their training camp. I missed like the first ten games of the season, so it was kind of like here, go rock a visor in the East Coast Hockey League and figure it out. <laughs> so that's yeah. So yeah, but uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I was just like, I was shit scared. I thought I thought my eye was toast. You know how, how much impact? Like it's amazing how much impact an eye can take. I'll tell you what, like the pressure yeah, right. on that tense, like. 
and, and still have my eye. And I mean, the, 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 the one challenge I do have with it is that, uh, the, the pupil doesn't dilate. So in the sunlight, um, it just stays open. So it's super sensitive to light. So I have to wear sunglasses, uh, unless I just want to squint the whole time, which I, I do a lot of, but, um, yeah, so that's, you know, it's something I have to, I have to live with, but you know, I still got my eye. So it's a bonus. It's crazy. Eric, do you want to get in there? Yeah, um, you were you played with the Phantoms. You won the Calder Cup with them, which was must have been a, a great experience playing with them. But you do you played with some of the some people who actually went up to the NHL with you, and some of them were still playing. How was it like playing with guys like with Patrick Sharp, uh, Mike Richards, and Jeff Carter? It was amazing. We had an awesome team, and I think most of the guys on the team hadn't played in the NHL yet. I think I mean Patrick Sharp had played a few games. I think the only guy that had was Yoni Pitkin, and I think he played a full year. Um, so it was you know a group of guys that essentially um, you know, were at the top of their game before they were in the NHL. We got Carter and Richards uh, in the playoffs. I mean, he, he, Carter lit it up. I think he led the he led the uh, the scoring you know, title in the playoffs. You know, fresh out of junior hockey. Richie had an unbelievable, you know, playoff. So it was just like, yeah, those two guys to our, to our mix, it was uh, pretty impressive. But, uh, you know, Dennis Seidenberg, Freddie Meyer, Randy Jones, all these guys moving on and playing the NHL. Uh, you know, Ben Eager, um, Josh Gratton played, you know, uh, 100 games or so in the NHL. Uh, Todd Fedorik was on the team, and he's banged up half the year. But, you know, it was just a really, I mean, I mean, all these guys, it was like an unbelievable team. And it was just, uh, it, was, it was surreal, honestly, that whole season. That was my first year in the American Hockey League. And, I think that, you know, I led up leading the team in penalty minutes and fighting 30 so times uh, for the team and, you know, just went on a roll there. But, uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience for sure. Coach was awesome. Chief, his assistant coach, Sammy, uh, Shell Samuelson is uh, his assistant, and John Stevens is, you know, the head coach there, which, I mean, he was, he was one of the best. So it was a positive, positive experience for me. That's pretty cool. It's like I know a lot of the, like with that team, like I remember watching that game, and that was the year of the NHL lockout. And uh, a lot of the time, it was it was a great experience to see like you guys get a chance to get the spotlight because a lot you guys got a bigger chance to actually play at the uh, at the time it was the first Union Center, if I remember correctly. And uh, how was it before going to the Flyers? Like how was it playing in that kind of stadium with actually a bigger crowd than playing in the Spectrum? You know what? I, I think it was the lighting that uh, kind of got me. You know, the Spectrum was kind of. Um, you know, I say darker, but you know, it was just, uh, it was, it was just the, the, the building feel was just like more intimate and, um, a little bit more old school, I guess, if you want to call it that. And then, you know, you go to this, this new type of building where the, the lights are just like, you know, obviously like the, the, the highest end led lights you could possibly you know, put into a building and, you know, probably 20 times the amount. So it's like this, almost like this bright corporate lighting or just, you know, you prepare a certain way for so long, you kind of get in this routine of this kind of like this, you know, and a lot of the American Hockey League was kind of like that, you know, like that darker, gloomier, uh, you know, feel. So just, the, I don't know, I don't know what it was. I mean, it's all in my head, obviously, but the bright lights, the bright, you know, the corporate marina lights is really what kind of like I had to adapt to. But, you know, once you get into it, it's like anything else, you get you get used to it. But uh, I, I love the spectrum. It was so, it was so, it was so fun to play and such a rad building and environment for sure yeah i think a lot of what i even will just will say we all miss the spectrum it's like a lot of flyers fans will come oh, up and yes. say 
Mm-hmm. They rather see. They rather had to stretch them back because of the fact that even though it was a smaller arena, you were able to get close. Like you guys were able to get a little bit closer to the fans and actually hear their reactions, knowing when they were pissed off at you and all that. Even with fights, I bet you heard a lot of them actually going like like cheering you on to, to deck someone out or just to get their their anger out from that one guy hitting a player that didn't, didn't really didn't necessarily need to get hit. Yeah. Oh yeah. There were some old school fans there and. uh you know, I had a relationship with some of these guys beside the penalty box, you know, giving me candy and stuff. And I was sitting there for five minutes at a time. And, um, yeah, I know you can see, you could definitely hear it from the bench. It's just a different feel. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's almost like you were like, you know, a part of the fans. Like you were like, you know, you interacted almost. You could like you feed off their energy, you know, in a different way than some of these buildings. I think they just become so corporate. You know what I mean? There's just too much, there's too many distractions and lights and, you know, all this mm-hmm. shit going on. You know what I mean? Or something. Something old school about just, uh, you know, just like playing hockey and screaming and, you know what I mean, <laughs> just being, you know, full of energy <laughs> without having like mascot, you know, they had a mask, obviously they had flex and stuff like that, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like the sideshow taken away from the, the hockey game itself, you know what I mean? The hockey game was the main event, not, 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 not uh, any of the, you know, the circus acts in between the periods and in between whistles either, you know. Definitely. Uh, Jesse? Yeah, actually, what you're saying that, so, I mean, <clears throat> what did, uh, you're saying the circus act. I thought when uh, Vegas came out with their uh, thing, uh, that whole, before they were playing every game, the whole knights and armor and all that kind of, I guess would kind of go along with what I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. But, um, <laughs> you know, just uh, that, it's just way too, I feel like it's way too much. It, it is Vegas. I, yeah. get, I get it. I get it. But, you know. It was. I felt like that was way too much. Yeah, they're in, in, in the entertainment business, so I mean, whether you like it or not, uh, you know, there, there's so much technology now to, to advertise and all. I mean, so it comes down to is dollars and dollars and cents business wise. So you get these big, you know, jumbotrons that can pump out, you know, amazing ads for you know thirty, you know, thirty thousand people, whatever it's holding, and, and um, you know, just you know, just just amazing production as far as like replays and like you know you know whatever they want to come up with so it's i guess as you say it's added value they charge i mean the ticket prices are insane so they they better be making some 3d holograms of wayne gretzky and, and whatnot out there but um you know it's uh it is amazing i get it you know the world we live in it's you know it would be it would be a bad it would be bad business to just be you know floating around with one of the old school digital uh um, scoreboards and, and not doing anything between periods so it's uh, but it's it, it has become like such a you know branded marketed game where it's like it's almost interfering with like the game itself I feel sometimes I don't know that's just me I, I agree with you um, I have uh, one thing I did notice was uh, you got you have a pretty pretty well known rivalry or you had a pretty well known rivalry with uh, Andre Waugh <laughs> yeah what's uh what's 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 the deal with that what's uh what's the bad blood there really wasn't any bad blood until um until i you know i fought him that that second time at the, at the game at home there uh, i think i i think i fought him twice before that even you know but there was no bad blood it was just he was a gamer i was a gamer we always let him fighting um so i fought him earlier in the, in the game in the same exact spot i don't know if you guys remember the game or not but uh Atlanta fighting think, him in the third period I again. Think I know talks about. This exact same spot. And uh, you know, he he didn't really seem like he wanted to fight, but I I did and I kind of like 
I didn't jump him. We squared off for like 15 seconds. Like, but he was pissed off that I forced the fight. I realized this after the fact. So, anyways, we square off and I, and I one punch him basically, two two punch, second punch on the way down, wherever it was, and I land up on top. And he he was super pissed off. And you know, I do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, I <laughs> naturally, you know, no one wants to lose a fight, but he was extra steamy. So when he came out of the penalty box, he was sitting on the bench there. He was looking over at me, and he's giving me the, you know, like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And at this point, it was like, I don't even know, like 15 minutes left, under under 15 minutes left in the third period. I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm not going to even get another shift. So I don't have to worry about fighting this idiot. So the next, like, TV timeout, he hops over the bench, and he comes over and, you know, tr- and tries to get at me on the bench, which is obviously never going to happen. I got five guys that refs and everything. So, uh, so they, you know, they arm wrestle him, they grab him, they throw him back in the bench, and he's just like losing his mind. And, and they were, and they were, they were like zooming in on his face and everything, and showing the replay of the, <laughs> of the fight of him getting dropped. So like he just absolutely melted down. And Tortorella grabs him, like chokes him, and like sits him down. And it was, <laughs> it was such a spectacle because I was just gassed and just sitting there. It was nothing. I, I wasn't ready to fight. Like, I wasn't prepared to fight. I mean. I was sitting on the bench, you know, and he just kept going. He just couldn't get over it because they kept, they kept replaying it over and over. I guess he just uh, had PTSD or whatnot. You know, no one likes to lose a fight. Just uh, nah. one of those things. But no, no, no real beef. And so then uh, they basically, after that road trip, Tampa Bay sent them home back to Tampa because of this meltdown. I think he wrapped up the season. Uh, that was it for him. It was towards the end of the season. They basically kicked him off the team or just told him to go home. And then the next year he signed with Calgary. So Calgary's in Philly. And then I'm like, oh, for sure. I got him. I'm going to fight him. You know, absolutely. It's the first time I played against him since that all went down. So naturally I'm prepared and let him squaring up with him uh, in the first period. And I almost tag him with the exact same punch. Like, he, I, 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 I don't know how I, like, kind of missed him, but still got him. But it didn't get him enough to, like, knock him out. But he fell over I, I kind of again. But I didn't get like the you know the rock solid punch, and we got like two minutes each for roughing. So then like I so we go sit in the penalty box. I was like, okay, hey, are we gonna fight now? And we're like, what the hell? What the fuck? Like all that, all that uh, you know that, that that squaring up and and the juice and everything, and then that's what that's what we got. Like so then we did we just like uh, we never land up fighting. Uh, we get out of the penalty box. Both of our coaches bring us to the bench. And then for whatever reason, um, you know, we have a last change at home, but we never line up on the ice with them. It was just kind of like a wash, but huh. pretty, yeah, there's no, there was no, there was no bad blood. Honestly, I think it was just in the moment he was pissed and you know what I mean? And, and felt like I forced his hand cause he was tired, you know what I mean? Or whatnot. They didn't have a shift, but I mean, he, we squared up. I didn't just, you know, I didn't jump him or anything like that. So right. one of those things, no one likes to lose a fight. So it's just, uh, you know, his way of reacting, I guess. No, yeah, I can understand that. You got, uh, you got Erica. Yeah, um, but yeah, like I, I actually remember that game with, with the Calgary game. I remember it to a T. Just having you, just retell the story. Like I, I visually seen, remember that whole entire fight with you guys squaring up, and all of a sudden I'm here, I'm here in two minutes. I'm like. Wait, that wasn't yeah. a flight? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, what the yeah. fuck? I, I, don't, I don't know how that was possible. To score up like that and get two minutes for rough. And whatever. I was like, what? <laughs> but, oh, yeah. um... Oh, give me five minutes. That's what I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. 
But um, like after retirement, like you after you retired with the Flyers and everything else, like you became an assistant coach with the Phantoms. Um, how was it transitioning from being a player to a coach, and w- was it hard for you to to switch your roles around? You know what? Um... It, it wasn't, you know, for me, it was uh, an opportunity to to get out of the game and uh, and kind of find myself. I I I used my retirement as an exit strategy to to uh, to you know kind of regain my my health and and wellness. Um, I had another year of my contract, um, and Paul Holmgren had called me that summer um, after we lost to Chicago there in the, in the finals, mm-hmm. and. Um, and offered me a coaching job with the Phantoms. You know, obviously he was the general manager at the time, knowing another year of my contract. He offered it to me because Shell Samuelson was assistant coach of the Phantoms. House had burnt down that summer, so he was going to stay and he was going to stay back or and whatever and take care of his family, all that stuff. Obviously, so there was an opening, and I kind of you know thought about it immediately on the phone. I was like, wow, I'm like this is. You know, I was only 28 years old, so 2000, 2011 there. And I was like, geez, I'm like, this is an opportunity for me to kind of stay in the hockey game, um, but not be fighting, you know, every other night and just kind of like find myself and heal and, you know, I mean, remove the anxiety and the stress that I was putting on myself to, to fight all the time. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard to explain the chronic, you know, chronic state of anxiety you can put yourself in when you're always fighting and, you know, uh, you don't know when the fight is too, right? It's kind of like, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to fight Friday night, but uh, I'm not sure. So I'm going to go on the ice for you know, 10 shifts and then, you know, worry about when my next fight is and that whole bit. So it, it took its toll. So when I had the opportunity to, to get out of the game, I looked at it as an exit strategy to kind of, uh, you know, take, you know, take initiative and, and not that I wanted to get into coaching, you know, not that I got into coaching thinking that I was going to do this forever. It was like an opportunity to still stay in the game I loved and, um, you know, uh, kind of f- fall on my feet a little bit and, 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 and find out exactly what I want, what I wanted to do. So it's, it served its purpose. Uh, I like working with players. I find, you know, what I did as an assistant coach then is essentially what I do now in a sense, but uh, a little bit more on the healing side and less on the, well, you know, it's still, it's still, it's still getting to know your people, right? I mean, it's getting to know your players and getting inside the, the minds of them and understanding where they're coming from. So we can, so we can have better solutions when we're trying to help them. You know what I mean? So I mean, that's the business I'm in now. I mean, in the healing space and you know, providing wellness solutions for people. But um, you know, the, the, the transition was, you know, the decision for me to transition was, um, you know, somewhat easy because I felt like I needed to move on, and it was an opportunity to move on. I just, you know, it was it was tough in the sense that I'd been playing hockey since I was, you know, four years old, and I'm like, all right, well. I'm no longer playing hockey. I mean, I just retired on my NHL hockey career <laughs> at 28. You know what I mean, so I had to process that a little bit. But um, you know, it was the best decision for me because I just needed to slow down and and again reel it all in and just uh, breathe a little bit. Definitely, I, mean, I I can get that because like I do, like I understand what it comes with the with with pain and chronic pains and all that. Because like I deal with my shoulder every day, but um. You brought up with the uh, the 2010 season. Like I'm just you. It just it came to me. I actually meant to answer that before this. Um, the Stanley Cup run when you played with like uh, with the, that team. Like how was the locker room with that team playing leading into going from 0 and 3 against the Bruins and then going into the Stanley Cup? Yeah, you know it was it was really interesting that year because that was the year um, you know, Johnny got fired, Lavi came in. 
there was like the you know the the, the goalie circus there where you know I think we signed Michael Layton. Uh, you know, I'm not even sure where we, we picked him up off waivers or something like that. Ray Emery, I think he was banged up. Bush was banged up. It was kind of like on and on off all year long. It landed up extending into um, you know into playoffs. Well, we we got into playoffs that year in the last game, um, uh, you know, of the season in a shootout against the Rangers. Um, and you know it was just momentum, you know. And then you know the, and there was a little bit of a goalie swap. I can't exactly remember how it all all turned out, but you know, Lates landed up being the guy after I, I want to say round two and he landed three, three and four there. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was it was it was amazing, you know. I, it just just shows you you just got to make it in the playoffs. And I, I thought we were going to win the Stanley Cup because it was just like you know you come back you know against Boston like that and and it's just like surreal. You just, I just thought somehow some way we we're going to win it, but um, unfortunately it didn't work out that way. But just sheer momentum. You're just like you just the guy you just show up to the rink. I didn't even play in the playoffs. I just took you know every warm up and practiced and that whole thing. It was just the, the vibe was just like we're just we're gonna win, you know what I mean? It was just like, you know, it just like it, sh- it should be, right? But it was just like there was no like you're the underdog, right? I mean, you barely made it in the playoffs, and you're just kind of steamrolling through. So yeah, it was wild. It was uh, something I never seen before. Different vibe than you know the Calder Cup here there, but um, but certainly certainly interesting. And geez, so close. It'd be nice to nice to go out on uh, on that. You know, you know, retire with the Stanley Cup in Philly. I've been all good it's less life but uh no it was it was amazing yeah it was a, it was a ride yeah definitely like i i actually looked at that like that team like i remember watching that game when you guys finally came back tied it up to three game series and then going into game seven dropping down right. three nothing in that and i think right in the first i'm sitting there i'm like Holy shit! It's like, is this a is this is going to be like a repeat? Like we go down f- three games, and all of a sudden now we're at the game seven, we're going to lose this shit. Fuck! Uh, what the know. hell? That was wild. That was in the, all in the first period too, right? Timeout, and then I don't know. Yeah, that was that, that was that year. It was like one of those years we we'd have like a shitty first period, and maybe an okay second period, and then we'd, we'd be down, and then we'd come back in the third period and win. And man, Flyers have been, actually been like that for a while now. Uh, Seemed to want to turn it on in the third period, but uh, you know, that 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 yeah, year was uh, that especially that series was like never seen anything like it. That was pure energy for sure. Definitely. Um, since retiring like from all of hockey, um, how is it like to being like your own business person, and what type of products that are you doing now? Yeah, I know it's been interesting. You know. Um, trying to figure this thing out just like I was trying to figure out how to be an hockey player <laughs> you know it's just uh um you know I never had any formal you know uh, schooling and uh, on business and stuff like that and I'm learning every day but uh you know I got a hemp thrive CBD company um and we sell you know anywhere from you know a thousand milligram tinctures for you know underneath the tongue to capsules with mushrooms to uh you know topicals uh you know to help promote uh you know anti-inflammation and managing of pain, anxiety, sleep, uh, you know, just brain health, you know, kind of the whole bit. And, uh, it's been, uh, it's been interesting. I've been at that for a while now, you know, mainly as an advocate for the first, you know, seven, seven years, uh, since I retired and then, uh, got into this about a year and a half ago. Um, just, you know, trying to help people, help people attack the daily grind of life, which is, you know, seems to be a lot with a lot of, you know, anxiety and a lot of restless nights and, 
you know, uh, pain and, and stuff that people, you know, need help managing, right? I mean, resorting to medicating with uh, self-medicating with alcohol or an opioid or, or something destructive like that. I've seen it too often in, in, in hockey that uh, there's better ways. So I just want to offer, you know, holistic, natural healing to people and just bring some education and awareness around it. Um, started uh, recently, uh, you know, a media company that's going to kind of help my new Cote Culture brand that I'll be launching here soon, which is uh, just basically a lifestyle, um, you know, emotional intelligence type of uh, uh, business where I'll be helping, you know, whether it's you know people one-on-one or teams or, or um, you know, businesses that are, you know, working on, you know, say, you know, team building, but, uh, you know, managing your own mind, you know what I mean, controlling your own mind. It's like an emotional intelligence and just... Uh, um, you know, teaching people that you, you you can actually control a lot more than you think you can. You know what I mean? It starts with thinking. I've, I've become obsessed with brain and thought and, uh, you know, manifestation and all this stuff because it's like, you know, I think we've been trained to think that, you know, we can only do so much in life, right? We, our potential is maxed out. But, I, I, you know, I've, I've learned that if you believe in something, um and you, you you focus your energy in, in a positive way towards it. You can create essentially anything you want. And I mean, you look around us. Some of these inventions and some of these people that have done it are no smarter than you and I. You know what I mean? And it's just um, it's teaching people that it's empowering people that they have these abilities. And I think um, uh, I'm going on a tangent now, but this is going to be launched here in the next bit. I'm getting certified to be a yoga instructor. It's going to be a vehicle within this all, and just uh, again teaching you know, mindfulness. Um, you know, I think we're obsessed with the physical body and, you know, the physical body is, is, is a mere vehicle that reflects how we're treating ourselves, you know, generally, right? Through, you know, but that's what I learned is that if you've seen pictures of me before I retired, I look like hell, you know, and I was, you know, it's as hard as I was going on the ice, I was off the ice and, you know, I mean, it's like you look in my eyes and it just looks, you know, sad and just like, you know, just, uh, disassembled and. Uh, you know, I lack, I think I lack spirit and stuff. So, um, you know, you, you got to teach, you got to teach that you need to follow your, your heart sometimes too, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, it seems great and, and you know, and, and amazing from an outside perspective when you play in the NHL and you're, you're, you're living, you know, I, I live my dream and not, it was, wasn't the way I envisioned it, but, you know, people think that it's all, it's all glamorous and, and great all the time where it's, uh, you know, there's, there's times in life where it's like ego leads you a certain way and then you got to stop and slam on the brakes and say, you know, is, is, is this, is my ego leading me into the wrong direction where I'm not feeling like I, sh- I should versus being like, okay, I'm going to do what's right for my, you know, for my spirit and, and, you know, engage in something different, even though it's not what everyone, you know, thinks that I am, you know what I mean? And it was like I, people identified with me as a, as a hockey player and a fighter you know, my whole life. And then for, for my pro career, you know, I was a fighter and it's like, okay, well, you know, you're, you're no longer that anymore. Right. I mean, it's like, well, there's an ego death because there has to be, because you're no longer a hockey player. You know what I mean? You have, you can't identify with yourself as one. And so, you know what I mean? To, 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 to tell someone you're, you're a former player. It's just like, you shouldn't be leading off with that. Right. It should be like, I am this. You know what I mean? I am this now. You know, I'm not just a former. Because if you identify yourself as something in the past, it's like it's you know, I mean, it's kind of a poor way to present yourself. So, I don't know where I was going with all that, but um, you know. Oh all, man, good. Keep going. Man. I mean, 
That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been I've been I've been uh obviously I I got in contact with you. I've been following your uh you know your product on uh Instagram pretty pretty heavily because uh, I it's it's really 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 interesting actually and just seeing someone that <clears throat> you know not to be like offensive in any way just someone that uh was a fighter in the NHL that come out and then now you're completely literally it's kind of like doing a 180 to what people would expect you you to really be into i mean when people think i know just from and i i can't believe like i said uh on our last episode that uh, i just found the ice guardians uh documentary and okay. just actually actually watching that was like it was it was probably it's the best documentary I've I've seen and just how people take you and how people expect you to be a certain way and then you just say when you get out like you're doing this and it, it's amazing to see that you come out and and do like wellness when people just think that you're like this convict or whatever like on the ice you know you know what I'm saying like yeah no for sure yeah I mean and I, and I get it you know it's a it's a role that I'm playing and people are seeing me like just just like that so like it's 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 hard for people to wrap their head around someone how can you be so crazy and you know animalistic and then you know and, and then be so peaceful off the ice and i think it's just you know i had the ability to turn a switch on and you know play a role and you know obviously trained enough and and it was mentally tough enough to actually fight some of these dudes that probably shouldn't have been fighting anyways but uh you know what i mean it takes balls to do that i mean it's not not for everybody and um um, but you know I'm a stand-up guy, and it's like you know fight for your teammates, fight for yourself. Uh, partly, probably fighting out of fear of uh, of failure or whatever, whatever I could have been possibly you know fe- fearing in the moment there. But I'm um, expressing through violence. But I mean, it served its purpose. Um, you know, I think I always had a fight in me. I didn't really know what it was, and at the time, that was the fight that was gonna you know help me re- help me reach my you know my my dream, which is pl- to play in the NHL. You know, I always thought it was going to be Wayne Gretzky and scoring 50, 50 goals a year. And you know, I couldn't have been, you know, <laughs> uh, for, for, it couldn't have been further from the truth. But, uh, you know, the fact is I, I found a way to, to, to make it because I just felt like, you know, again, I, I felt like I needed to make it just to fulfill my, it was my ego. It was nothing more than that, you know. I wasn't going to be a long-term hockey player for the rest of my life, you know. And, um, you know, once I achieved that, I, I almost... Uh, it's almost that I, I almost lost the juice, um, you know, in the sense that of like, well, no, do I got to keep fighting? You know, do I got to keep doing this? <laughs> you know, because I kind of realized what I was in the NHL. I was probably not going to be moving up any further than the fourth line, knowing, you know, the way the direction of the game was going with, you know, removing fights and eliminating that role. But, um, you know, that, that Ice Guardians, man, I tell you what, they, they really told the story well. Um uh, real good, in, you know, perspective because most people just, you know, they just see the the barbaric side of things. They don't even understand a lot of times like how a fight can actually bring peace. They'll be like, "How can that be?" You know, an eye for an eye, blah blah. blah. It's like no, it's like you know when you know, two chiefs, you know, t- you know, duke it out. It, it just keeps the peace for the rest of the clan. You know what I mean? And it's like we don't now we don't need Johnny, you know, Johnny goal scorer here to you know to break his hand in a fight or you know what I mean or you know get a concussion or break his nose or you know, we were sacrificing our number one guy, you know, for, for, for something so stupid, but it lands up being important, right? I mean, it's like, we're like sacrificial lambs in a sense. We're like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to risk my, my health here and fight a guy I shouldn't be fighting just so we can keep the peace and move on and, you know, and, 
and hopefully there's not going to be more cheap shots. It doesn't totally eliminate them, you know, obviously, but you know, I like to think that at some point it's like, okay, all right, well, let's go play hockey here. Um, right. Obviously, it doesn't happen anymore. I mean, and I think there's a, I think there's like a happy medium from you know the Broad Street Bullies era to this new age era of like being able to self-police and, you know, keep that accountability. Cause I think it's gone too far the other way where now it's just like, it's just a joke. There's no integrity. You know what I mean? Look at that, the Kachuk stuff, uh, you know, with uh, yeah. Cassie in there. And then you look at, you know, guys like Brad Marchand and some of these guys, it's just uh-huh. like, it's, I say it's laughable. It's like, it's embarrassing. Like, honestly, it's like, I, I can't even watch it. It's like, you want to play the game hard. I love it. You know, but sometimes when you play the game hard, you cross that line and you know what I mean? And you have to, you have to, you have to buck up now and then, you know what I mean? And you can't, you can't run around and then never answer the bell and then, you know, do the whole turtle thing and go on the power play. I mean, it, it looks great. It looks great for him because they line up winning the game because of it. Right, and right. Casting gets suspended. Like, you know, like, I mean, at the end of the day, Kachuk is laughing. and But like, you know, when you look at, you know the culture of hockey and just like you know that 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 like ingredient blast, like blast separate. from the almost right it's just like i was like i guess it's, i just feel like it's like almost like there's no honor there it's just like right you know what i mean it, it wasn't like someone just jumped him and started throwing punches for no good reason like he, he blasted him at least three times like rock solid hits like if someone took a run at me like that three times i would, I would have done the exact same thing it wouldn't have gone to three especially the way that they made it look before you know, we're all obviously we're we're fans of spitting chicklets, and um, you know they were they've been talking about that pretty heavily. And um, if you like, I, I'm on the NHL Network. I'm I have the uh, was it the Wild versus the Red Wings on right now. Like we're avid hockey people. Obviously, we're trying to have a, a successful hockey podcast. But uh, the way that they made it look like the casting was the absolute, basically like. In, he just he attacked him, and they right. just completely disregarded everything that happened before that. And then right. finally, it starts getting out. He, t- I think he talked to player safety or whatever, and they said, "Oh, so what he did was okay. Oh, that's fine. So what? The next game I come back is on the twenty eighth or whatever, and it's against them. Okay, well I'll be sure to do that too, and I shouldn't get penalty for it, right? Like <laughs> now I feel like the league's kind of like, fuck. Like what are we supposed to do now? Like we t- basically told him he could do it, like. Yeah. Well, I think there's, you know, I can say exceptions to the rule. I think there's like, you know, as any observer of a hockey game that understands, the, you know, say the code, there's not really no code anymore, just, just the integrity and honor that goes into a game. When you got a guy as rock solid as, as, as Kachuk that's, you know, running around like that and, and, and blatantly, you know, targeting the guy, you could say, oh, yeah, they're, they're clean checks. I mean, I think one of them for sure, I would say, I would say was, you know, not a clean check, but you know, hard enough to, again, make the guy react um, and, and then to stir it up like that and then, and then to, 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 to just not do anything. It was just like it makes it even look worse because Cassian's pissed. Right oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 you just, and you're just going like, to you know, lay back and, 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 and allow it to go down like that. Like at least hold on and like roll him over or something. Like, you know, but like to not even like at all, you know, have no intention of, uh, of of answering the bell to me, it's just like he even said he wasn't going to either. Like yeah. he said, he, I have no. I guess we'll just, you know, we'll get the power play. We'll go to win the game like we did yeah. tonight. He has no yeah. intention of fighting whatsoever. 
I, I still believe he, you know, the, the karma worked in his favor in that game. Um, but I think the long-term karma for him is not going to go in his favor, honestly, because he, I mean, t- to me that that's what it's land up, it's going to land up being is that it's like, you can only, you can only act a certain way so long until, you know, there, there, there's, there's a power that kind of equalizes it. You know what I mean? Whether it's, whether it is Cassian or, you know, or somebody else, but like, you can't, you can't play like that. Brian Reeves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't play like that and then always get away with it. You'll get away with it for a little while. You know what I mean? You might even get away for it for for three quarters of the season, but at some point, you keep playing like that. You know that that's just the, the the law of attraction. And you know what I mean? To me, he's attracting a lot of negative flies, and he can easily hide behind the refs. So it's not gonna you know it's it's gonna be in the context of probably an injury. It's related that someone's gonna run his ass real hard or you know something stupid but it's just the way it works i mean you got a guy like that running around and hurting people and 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 not even answering the bell to me it's just show show say shows a last lack of respect it does it just shows a lack of integrity within the game hockey game you know and on the streets too you wouldn't be able to do that on the streets that's like street street, you know what i mean (laughs) no no way there's no way you can act like that. And to me, I, I always said, like, you, you know, the hockey game is almost like the streets. Like, you, 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 know when, you know when the big dog walks into the bar. You know what I mean? People act differently. You know what I mean? They do. Right. And I know for sure that when, you know, George LaRock or Donald Brashear wasn't going to play, when I was playing against those guys, I acted different. I still act, I still act <laughs> right. like it, but you know what I mean? I, 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 I just take it to that next level. I knew I was going to fight those guys anyways, but it was just like, it was kind of like the sense of confidence now. It's like, okay, well, I don't have to fight like the biggest, baddest dude in the, in the league, maybe the second biggest, baddest dude, you know what I mean? It's like, so um, I know for a fact that it does influence behavior, you know, accountability and self-policing. So um, to me, it's just like, you, you you're you're not living in reality you know to, to be like that that's, that shows like to me a lack of character like i, I would be embarrassed for myself you know i got my right. ass kicked all over the ice it doesn't matter it's just like 95 percent of that is just showing up just just like respond and then you get so much more respect you get, you get respect from the from the opponent you'd be like pat him on the back casting to pat him on the back probably like you know way to be a warrior way to, way to play a hard game and then and then deal with it like a man like like when Wendell Clark and Cam Neely and these buggers back in the day. You know what I mean? Play a hard, hard hockey game, and they would kick your ass right back. You know what I mean? If you wanted to fight them, you know it was Gary Roberts and some of these guys. Like you know what I mean? It's like I, I, I personally love the way he plays, except for that component. He could be like you know he could go down as one of like you know the biggest, baddest. I say biggest, baddest. Like one of the, one of the best, toughest players. If he you know what I mean? If he added that element, he just like. But we're in the new NHL, so it's like, is that that's just good strategy, right? As a coach, you'd be like, oh, way to go, way to go, buddy. You know, it's like you just we got a power play, we won the game. It's like, okay, well, you, you won that game, you know. Right. You win the battles, like you win, you know. What I mean, are you winning? You know, you win the long term series against these guys. How many times they play against each other? But um, you know what I mean? Like, what, what's it gonna what's what's gonna happen next? You know, it's well, they still got Lucic, they got Ronaldo. We don't even know who Edmonton has, but I mean. Um, Paros is coming into town like ooh, you know it's like making a big spectacle the whole thing well like i guess that would be like my my question was in that was what 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 do you think about today's hockey because i mean like i said the first thing i saw the first thing i ever saw about hockey was 
Frank the Animal Biolalis literally beating the brakes off of this dude at the Spectrum. So <laughs> uh, I fell in love immediately. I have an, our other guy that we have on here, Scott, actually, uh, he played for the Ed Snyder youth hockey program. He still plays now. Okay. I, I played I played stick and puck, and that's about it, like pickup games. I didn't really get too, too much into it, but just seeing, growing up, seeing, like, you know, the animal and, you know, my dad showed me, you know, the hammer, who I have, like, a shrine in my basement to the hammer. Um, <laughs> uh, just seeing that kind of hockey and growing up with that, with, like, the, the Legion of Doom, too, and, like, you know, just the way that things are going now, like today's hockey, like what what are your what are your thoughts about that? Because it just seems like it seems like like you said earlier, it is like there's a lot of money in it now, but it seems like there's just no like the game's lost heart because of it, or like it's grit. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. You know, I think uh, I think I kind of said it earlier. There's got to be like a happy medium to kind of marry the old school, you know, say Broad Street Bullies, like you know the the old school hockey to this new school. Um. Because I feel like it's gone, it's gone from like one extreme to another extreme. Where you know, obviously, it's not realistic for for you know, uh, two thousand, you know, two thousand twenty here, like to to have bench clearing brawls and stuff like that. You know, there's, you know, there's obviously a line in the sand that you actually you have to be realistic and draw. So it's just it's not totally barbaric, but like, um, you know, I, I think the rules and everything have gone so say soft and loose and. But in the same time, like acting like they're looking out, they're really looking out for player safety, and, and you know, and, and they might be to some degree. Yes, yeah, we, we need to take care of the players' brains. Absolutely, it's an easy, it's an easy argument to say. Well, if we're going to take out, you know, we're going to remove the risk of, of guys getting concussions and head injury. Well, we just naturally take out fighting because he's getting punched in the head is not good for a brain. Well, that's an easy argument, but. What you can't quantify is we. I, I kind of talked talked about it a little bit earlier. Is that uh, you know the the accountability and the energy that's in, enforced when you have that in a, in a hockey game um, might actually prevent someone from making a stupider hit. That you know that without that accountability, he's going to do it because there's no accountability. It's just like okay, I'll well, just I'm going to kill this guy here. Yeah, I'll probably get a penalty, but. But I, but I don't have to worry about anybody coming after me and you know and, and, and putting a fist through my mouth because um, there's something powerful about that. You know what I mean? You know, fear is a powerful thing, and if you can use that as a say a tool, not to you know not to say necessarily you know manipulate behavior, but uh, you know, but to at least defend your turf and and you know when, when the time is needed, is manipulated you know some 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 behavior because. Guess what? In my opinion, you should have to act a certain way. There has there has to be a standard of behavior for, you know, say people in society, but in, in within within the hockey rules, right? I mean, it's like you can't have guys running around blindsiding guys, right? You know what I mean? And doing you know doing some you know say evil things almost like you know some really dirty things, and um, and, and then having and, and having no accountability, we're just like, okay, we'll just let it slide, or we'll just, oh, I'll just keep an extra eye on that guy and put him in the box for two minutes, and you know what I mean? That, that's not real, like true punishment. He likes that because it pads his pimps. You know what I mean? What he needs is sometimes you need that in life. You, you need to get smacked around. You know what I mean? Because it puts you in your place and it it helps you re- realize you you can't behave a certain way. Um, so there's this this false sense of reality almost where guys that aren't really tough are acting tough 
You know what I mean? They're 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 Cause they know because they know that it's not going to be like it used protected. to be. They're protected and they're protected by the refs. Um, you know, which it changes the total mentality of 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 a game. That's say a warrior as a warrior game. I mean, it's a battle out there. You know, it's just, but now the battle is is shifted where it's yeah, you're still battling for that same puck, but in the back of your mind, you don't have to worry about you know George the Rock or Donald Brashear or something like that. Not that they're going to jump over the bench and pound you in the ground, but if it, you know if you did cross that line, that that probably could happen. So you kind of you, your standard is you know I mean the, the standard is kind of created for you because like who the hell wants to fight him? You know what I mean? I did just because I just felt like I had to, but like I certainly didn't want to. So I was kind of like, okay, guys, just like let's, let's make this a a quick night here and you know no no extra faceoffs and let's go, guys. You know like. Versus when I play penguins, I mean, I didn't matter. It didn't matter how many times, like who, you know, I had to fight or who I had to fight because they had all the, you know, Goddard and Little Rock and who. I mean, not even sure who else I fought there, but that one I just, you know, every time amped up to, for war. You know what I mean? But there's some other nights where I just like, let's just keep the peace. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't really want to fight a 240 pound dude again here tonight, guys. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, but it does. It's 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 powerful. You know. People that don't understand it will, will never will never understand it because it's um it's an it's an energy that's essentially induced through fear um, um a strategy but also it also can be used against you if you're not using it properly obviously but it's it's really to instill honesty it's like to keep the integrity it's like it's not to to be abused and the guys that do it right don't abuse it I mean. I, mean, I fought I mean 30 35 times a year you know Central Hockey League East Coast Hockey League American Hockey League NHL um, and I, I was as honest as they come like I mean I had some you know borderline questionable hits but I wasn't going out there to hurt you know besides make big hits I wasn't going out there to hurt it's gonna it happen I mean yeah you know, you know what I mean but it's gonna happen when you're playing hard but like you know I I wasn't looking for guys you know heads and like you know trying to target heads and stuff like that like I just, you know, just learned to have just big, hard, clean hits and just like, you know, make guys fight you. You know what I mean? That's like what I was trying to do. But um, unfortunately, there's guys that like, you know, that aren't really true, say true tough guys, not true enforcers that are good hitters. Um, and they don't, but but they cross that line and almost like you know take out knees or catch guys in extremely vulnerable, you know, positions. And then you know, then they don't fight the toughest guy. They'll fight the third or fourth toughest guy. You know what I mean? They don't want the, you know they don't want the beating to be too bad. So it's you know, right. <laughs> and that's what it, that's kind of what you're seeing a little bit of now is you know just uh, you know it's been like that for a few years. But like these these guys are called you know they were they, they were never even be like listed in a weight class. It's more like that rat role that's now like you know you can kind of like get some sort of notoriety as a fighter if you want to be that now. And you know what I mean like. The pugilist, but don't really fight, but kind of like pretend you are and pretend you're tough, but you're really not, you know. And I think it's just, it, it's just it, to me, it's just like it's just like it's just so like disingenuous. It's not, you know, what I mean, there's nothing authentic about the way it's it is played now because it's not real life. You know what I mean? I think that's really what it comes down to. You got Eric. I've been on this for a little bit. <laughs> um. Yeah. Just, I think I have a couple that's in my head. It's just like I ran out of my question here, but I have a couple that I have, like just running right off. Um, the Flyers today, because I know you probably, so, you, I had your talk about you still follow the hockey, even though out of retirement, in retirement, everything else. 
what do you think of the Flyers right now? Like how they're playing, like what do they need to improve and so on? Well, you know what they're, uh, they're 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 doing pretty well. You know what I mean. I you know I wasn't sure what to think going this year. I didn't think they really had any significant upgrades there. But you you know you got a good young goalie. I know he's banged up now, but uh, you know you got a good young goalie that's he's got his head screwed on right. So that's like to me the most important. It's like you know having a spine like that that it's going to be consistent for the next how many years? You know uh, I coached him briefly, and and he's he's in my opinion the, the real deal. He's got to stay healthy. Um, and then you got some younger guys that are, you know, really stepping up their game. You know, uh, you know, obviously Konechny is, you know, to me is like elevated his game. And you know, I thought even Oscar up until the bad news, and some of these younger guys are stepping in and, you know, and and, and playing well. I think you still get more or some of, some of the the older guys, but um, you know, they're going to be in this race the rest of the season. You know what I mean? They're going to be in the wild card. They're going to be out. They're going to be in. They're going to be out. They're going to just have to. I think they've been pretty consistent out of all the, you know, the last how many years of the Flyers. Like, this is the most consistent that I feel like they've been. You know what I mean? Like, they're actually, you know, say predictable. They're probably going to win two out of three games, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully three out of four. Um, you know, if they can keep that pace up for the slash stretch, I mean, they just got to get in. You know what I mean? I think they, you know, they get in, they get, you know, I can see a guy like Carter Hart, like robbing, robbing, you know, some, some games and, and series. You know, I can see that guy connect me being like just super, super, you know, dialed in and, and, you know, jack his game up even more. Maybe, you know, even ignite some of these older guys. Like, I think they could, you know, even do more. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's a better position. It's a better feeling, I feel, that this year than it's, it has been the last couple of years for sure, where it's, you know, there's a lot of negativity around. And um, I've been around, you know, around the locker room a little bit and around some of the guys. It's, uh, um, it's a good vibe, you know. It's a good group of guys there, and you know, I think they just just got to stay healthy and and uh, you know keep improving. What is your opinion on uh, Av and his coaching staff? Like, what do you think how they bring in to this team to like how they, like you said how they improved everything? How do you like their his style of coaching and everybody else? Yeah, from what I understand, he's very respected. Um, you know, he's he's black and white. You know, he's you know everyone knows where they stand with him, which I, which you know, my opinion is the most important. Uh, you know, throw the X's and O's out the door. I mean, it's uh, it's it's more important as a head coach and a coaching staff to connect with their players and you know have you know have 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 that relationship with your players where they actually really do respect you as a human and not just uh, you know have to because you're a coach and. I think he does that. You know, I've heard some really good things about him. Um, I've met him personally, and you know, not that I, you know, you know everything about somebody the first time you meet him, but you know, he seemed like a really, you know, good energy, and um, you know, again, talking to players and some of the staff that he's working with, um, you know, he's a good fit. So that's important to me. I mean, you connect with your players, you get the most out of your players. Um, you know, again, X's and O's aside, I, I don't think it's uh, a system thing. You know, I never, I never really do. You know, I mean, there might be some slight adjustments throughout the, you know, a game, but. To me, it's the attitude, the effort, and, you know, the, the character of the of the uh, of the players, the team, and, and the relationship uh, within that locker room. And you know, those ingredients again, you can't quantify those um, into numbers and you know, break them down into analytics like we love to do. So, um, you know, from what I've seen and been around there, it's a it's a good energy. That's awesome. It's at least that we know that this team is actually playing well and that they actually have a decent coaching staff and everything else. But um, the one night I'm flipping to the channels and 
Poker Night in America comes up <laughs> oh, and a God. game with the enforcers with you, the hammer, um, Ashram, and uh, I think it was a uh, Fedora and Carcilla. Yes. How was that night? Because it seems like on your face, it seems like you didn't want to be there, really. Uh, well, I, I wanted to be there just to hang out. Uh, obviously, they're great guys, and uh, I played with all of them, but Schultz, um, but uh, I, I just don't play poker. So I was like, I was kind of like, you know, um, in a position where I, I kind of just had to like figure it out. And I played some in the in, in, in way back when, but I hadn't played since I retired. And um, I know these guys, like I know like Ash and uh, and Carcilla specifically were like you know real consistent card players and stuff. So um, it, it, it was it was fun. Don't, don't get me wrong. It was just like I was kind of like out of my out of my league for sure, and and actually playing a game that requires some sort of patience and um, and intelligence. <laughs> It was, it was but, uh, but I had to say this, like I noticed on Instagram, like you and uh Carcillo are like seem like you're like are good, like good best friends and all. Like how are you two uh how are your connections like after hockey since then? Because I know you guys played with each other a little bit in uh twenty ten with the at the uh stadium like with the uh, winter classic in Boston and all that. I remember that. But how is your guys' connection like right after after hockey? Um, you know what, uh well he, I retired before he did and uh um, you know, he won a couple of Stanley Cups here in Chicago. Um, but, you know, we, we kept in touch. Uh, he was in my wedding party. Um, so we were buddies when we played and everything. And there was a, there was a, you know, a, a span there where, you know, we weren't talking that much, you know, just how, you know, life goes. You just kind of get carried away with it and all. And then uh, I ended up going to, you know, his wedding and, you know, we we're, we're still buddies. We're still not, you know, connecting totally um, because he, I think he retired in 2000, maybe 13 or 14. And, um, you know, he had some, he had some issues and, you know, you know, concussion stuff and, you know, whatever else he was dealing with. And, and I reached out a couple of times to him to, to, you know, to help him because I knew that you know, some of the stuff that I was, you know, working in and on that could help him. Um, so, you know, he, he, he listened, you know, a couple of times he came out to check out, um, a couple of things I needed to show him in, in Colorado. And, um, uh, but, you know, we kind of, again, did, didn't really, uh, Again, he's in Chicago. I'm in Philly. I'm doing my thing. So, you know, you fast forward to, I guess, seven, eight months ago, and uh, we kind of, like, re reconnected because I was able to, you know, get him get him some help, and uh, um, he's able to really, you know, figure himself out and, and, and really kind of get that positive mental health that he, you know, he needed to, to overcome his, you know, situation. And I think he's done that. Now he's, you know, doing some really good work and, uh, and um you know, I'm just trying to be supportive of him because you know I always put in a lot of effort to to try and you know make make right and 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 do good. So um, I don't always agree with his position and his stance on certain things, but um, you know, as far as uh, um, you know, really trying to do do you know do some good stuff with his uh, his influence that uh, is not really getting recognized. You know, I think he's he's uh, you know he's definitely earning his keeps. Definitely, and um. I'll speak to this with Jesse and I, because we both had this in topic, because we started to follow the uh, the NWHL, the National Women Hockey League, yeah. and uh, we want to get your opinion on, like, what do you think about the women actually maybe ha having the league, like, close, like, having, like, compared to with the NHL, like, competing, like, next to next, like, the same atmosphere and all? You know what? It's, it's, it's interesting. I think if, if, if people like it enough, and it's gonna you know draw that much attention like i mean 
I'm not sure if you'll ever really totally compete against the NHL. You know what I mean? I'm just being honest. Like, uh, there's nothing um, to do with, uh, you know, the sex and stuff like that. But I think, I don't know, um, you know, some really, really, really high-end women hockey players, but I just, I just don't see it generating the same type of following and, and vibe. You know what I mean? I think it can do well. Uh, I'm just not sure that. You know, I don't know how WNBA is, but I mean, I mean, is that even still in existence? Like, uh, I don't even. I've been heard of that, heard of that, that yeah. in a long time. Like, They're still around, just, I mean, just on a low key. Yeah. So, uh, I think I it's more the fact that it, me and Eric kind of took it to a personal level because we both have daughters, yeah. and uh, you know, obviously, like we're avid hockey fans, and uh, being a woman. And, like, you know, being a woman and playing hockey is kind of, like, where do I go at a certain point? Like, right. in, the, in, the, in their league, there's five teams. And uh, it's – it's who's going to make that team? Like, I mean, that that's a lot of – imagine, like, you know, it's, like, basically, like, a league of their own. Like, there's so many people come in and, you right. know, it, what's my – so my daughter plays hockey if she wants to. I'm, she's three, so she has, you know, no anything right now. But um, she plays out through her entire youth and then decides, you know, she wants to continue. She kind of can't. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of why I, I, me and Eric both, we have daughters. We kind of, like, thought about it at that aspect. And they're, we've been start, we started watching some of their games, and they're fucking good. <laughs> like, they're they fast as shit. They play, like, balls to the wall. Like, it's, it's unreal. They, they really do. Uh, again, I just don't – I just uh... – I'd just be curious to see, you know, you know, again, it always comes down to like corporate sponsorships and like, you know, TV now and all this stuff. It's like, you know, do they have enough following to, to you know, to juice up, um, you know, an 82 game season and, uh, you know what I mean? And, and generate, uh, I don't know, the, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, the publicity and, and, um, you know, energy behind putting together a, an actual pro league. I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it'll be, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. I mean, I know there's a ton of passionate hockey fans, but, I mean, look at the prices of, of, of NHL games. I mean, what are the prices going to be? What are the prices going to have to be for these games to pay them? And You know what I mean? What are they getting? You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know what it looks like, how many teams and, like, I mean, you look at the Flyers games, you can't even, right now, you can't even see sell out a Flyers, you know, arena. I mean, it's like, we'll see, I guess. But, um, you know, there's certainly, there's, there's certainly high-end athletes. I just, I just don't know as far as, like, scaling it and as far as, like, actually making a legit business out of it, how long that can sustain itself. Right. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I got two girls, too. You know what I mean? I got a four-year-old and, a, and my youngest is turning three in, in March, but... If they want to play hockey, I'm I'm like all in. But I mean, at some point, it's like okay, well, I mean, you can get a scholarship, I guess. But I mean, um, you gotta really love it to to pursue it. And uh, I guess I'll just kind of go with the flow on that. But if they want to play, I mean, I'd love to coach them. That'd be the kind of the only coaching that I really get back into is if I can coach them. But um, yeah, some of the some of the girl hockey players these days they look they look like you know full full grown like male you know pros. Um, I just, I just don't know how, I just don't know how that looks as a business and mark and how marketable it is. And again, I mean, how many, how many fans do they draw right now? And if they go international tournaments, they're probably selling out and stuff. But if you're, if you're playing, you know, domestically, 
Are, are you pulling in 10, 15,000 fans? I mean, what, what would you think? Just watching their, their things. Their, uh, I, I took a glimpse on YouTube of uh, a Minnesota Whitecaps game, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, there weren't a lot of people in the crowd. There, there really wasn't. It was, it was kind of like a college off yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it'll be tough. I mean, I give them props to to wanting to and trying. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't even know where they're at. I mean, with those with those types of conversations. But they're trying to do a similar thing with even, like, junior hockey is, like, you know, they almost look at it as, like, slave labor in college. It's, like, you know, how you pay some of these guys, right? I mean, it's, like, especially schools, they're making a ton of money off these athletes and pay them nothing. I mean, right. you know, I mean, even in uh, – you look at like the Western Hockey League, Ontario Hockey League. You know, like the London Knights are perfect examples of a of a team. You know, the the Hunters there. It's like they got like a, the Yankees of the the Ontario Hockey League. It's like you know they get all the young, you know, the best players. They they, they pull in, they sell out like you know every game, the whole season. And, you know, they don't pay their players. You know, eighty bucks every every two weeks or something like that. And um, you know, it's a great business to be in. But I don't know there's a union trying to fight for those guys to get paid because you know. It's not fair, you know. You grind yourself out for seventy-six or eighty-two games, wherever they play back then, or in, in those leagues. But you know, to, to, to not really get any compensation, it's like that's fair. But crazy. Yeah, world. it's it's like watching the um. It's like like I usually watch the WHL with the Rockets, right? And I see what they bring in, like the stadiums. Like they can fill up a good stadium. It's like the Rockets are almost like you said how the um the team in uh, the OHL is it's like they're like the Yankees is like they have the most successful championships they go in there they play like they're champions they yeah. always are in the CHL t- Calder Cup sure it's it's love yep yeah they build cultures because you know they got uh you know they, they know they got the fan base and they, you know they, they they attract obviously younger players that are you know higher end so I guess it's just like any other sport in any other, you know, um, city or state that, you know, that, that that operates like that. There's always going to be, like I say, a dynasty team that, you know, has more money or, you know what I mean, has whatever, you know, just more rich, more rich history and, and whatnot. You're just attracting that, that, that team that's going to be good, at least competitive for, for years on end. And that's, you, you see it in, in all those leagues, but the shitty teams, man, they they stick out bad. Like you know, that's like it's 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 embarrassing. Almost, it's hard to believe sometimes these these teams are in the same league as some of these other teams. You know, based on like the, the buildings they play out of and the attendance and the the support in the community. Um, but some of them are amazing. They're like almost NHL markets. Definitely, definitely. Um, Jesse, you have anything else you want to add on to that? Yeah, I just uh, actually at the beginning, uh, obviously we didn't expect you to. I, I, well, no offense, I didn't expect you to have like a the whole gear and everything, like with the, <laughs> with the microphone and you know. Yeah. Um, what up? Uh, you have your own thing going on, like you have your own podcast going on, or like you know, I'm middle of launching it. Yeah, I got uh, three pre-recorded. I want to bank probably two or three more, but probably the next two weeks or so, I'll start launching them. Gonna do some like longer versions like this, and then some like smaller ones. Um, just kind of like, um, you know, it's not all athletes. You know, the doctors, and just kind of all about um, you know how to maximize performance and you know uh, become a better person, stuff like that. that's kind of like the theme of it. So it's just kind of like, what tools are you using? You know, how did you become successful? 
how did you how did you do what you did you know and whether it's a sport you know again doctors kind of you know prying out some you know some new age science and stuff on some of the things that i'm into cannabis mushrooms and all that stuff so that's kind of the gist of it yeah so another, another two weeks or so we'll be able to launch that I and mean, it's going to be some of them be remote like this just like we're recorded on uh on skype or zoom and then um and some of them be face to face uh just trying to you know create as much as i can understanding that people are kind of everywhere and, and you know living their crazy lives too it's so just kind of fit it in so right man right. so yeah, yeah. So I'm just trying to get into the creative a little bit right yeah. we uh yeah we're we're uh we've noticed in our area actually that um obviously we're a flyers podcast there's not that many um there's no, I, only there's only like four or five and i think we're included in that really but uh we're just trying to, we're trying to do our thing here and uh you know we're really glad that you can come on and my, i apologize for you know if i chased you around a little bit um no, worries, but once the once the name came up once you answered it was like it was fucking go time yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. i mean i wanted to, i didn't want to scare you away and i didn't want to like you know maybe you forget i know you're busy as hell man doing what you're doing but i really appreciate you coming on and once uh once people see this and you know hear it on the podcast It'll uh, it'll definitely turn some heads because you're a very well known person in the Philadelphia area. So, sweet. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, Absolutely. Eric, you good? You got anything else? Let this everybody uh, go ahead finally. <laughs> I think I think we're pretty good now here. Thank you, Riley, for coming on the show. It's an honor to have you on here. It's like it's like I like I said a lot of fat people that I talked to when I told told them you're coming on here they're like oh shit Riley Cote really I remember him holy shit him oh, jumping yeah. on the ice and protecting somebody <laughs> and then all of a sudden he takes the five minutes like yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. those are the days but yeah. would, we'll you wrap- it, would you do it all over again oh yeah for sure I have to because it, uh, I, w- I wouldn't have learned what I've learned from this all so. Yeah, no, definitely. I wish I could have gone back and done things a little bit differently as far as use a little more intelligence in some of the things I did, but, uh, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know, now I just gotta, you know, take care of what I can take, take care of in my life and help people along the way, help people learn from my mistakes. So, you know, that's what it's all about. Awesome. Definitely. Well, I think we, I think we all would agree. Let's wrap it up here for today. Thank you, Riley, for coming on. And well, hopefully, maybe some sometime we get you back on again for another interview. Maybe maybe just talk about a little more about the other, about your podcast more once it starts going on. Sure, absolutely. Let me know. Alrighty. All right, guys. All right, thanks a lot, brother. All right, guys. Bye. Hey, what's going on, guys? Jesse here from Flyers Alley. I want to talk to you guys about Settlemeyer Skate Sharpening. This guy is the equipment manager of. The Philadelphia Flyers and has been for the past 13 years. He also was the equipment manager for Team USA. If you go to the website SettleMyerSkateSharpening.com, they have hats, they have shirts, any hockey accessories you want, you need, or could ever ask for. They also obviously do skate sharpening. So if you guys need something of that nature, SettleMyerSkateSharpening.com is where you guys should go. We'll do it in the alley. You guys should too. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Jesse here from Flyers Alley. I want to talk to you guys about Anchor. It's a great podcast app. 
We use it for Flyers Alley. Basically, all you do is download the app, create a profile, and it's pretty self-explanatory. You record, you uh, publish it, and I believe within minutes, you're on your favorite podcast apps, such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, the works. So, if you guys want to create your own podcast, the best way to go is Anchor Apps. We use it in the alley. You guys should too.